Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. A convenient song at given time. Praise God. <laughs> hey, listen, uh, this is the last Sunday of the month, and one of the, one of the things that we do on our last Sunday is that we purpose just to teach a little bit uh, in the sense of just ministering to believers. You get realized churches uh, made up of all kinds of individuals. So today is our uh, last Sunday where we're going to do a little bit more teaching. And then also with our last Sunday of the month, we have our big kids with us in the service. And uh, we just let them have the opportunity to do church with us big people, get to see the opportunity of us worshiping God in front of them so that we can model what it is to live a Christian life and not just have to be in kids ministry. Not that it's a grind or that there's anything wrong with that i'm just simply saying we get to model big people loving god in front of them amen amen and so again here at gvc we love to uh we we love god love people and love life and you know just at summertime people love to enjoy vacation and so uh it's summertime so it's just the season that we're in right how many of you going on vacation well you can't you just can't it's you're, no, it's done. No, you had your opportunity. You can't go now. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're thankful that you're here today. Uh, as I said, we are in the middle of a, a series. In fact, we're concluding it today, uh, and it's simply called The Holy Spirit. And for those of you that might be here for the very first time, I'm Pastor Tony Umber, and so glad that you've joined us. And for all those that are tuning in online, we're so glad that you're joining us in our online church service. And so again, we trust that this is going to be a blessing to you. Amen. And so our series that we've been in has simply been entitled The Holy Spirit. And so we're going to wrap it up this morning and talking a little bit more directly as we wrap it up concerning this subject or this person called the Holy Spirit. And if you recall, we said this, that, you know, when it comes to uh, church and God, we've done a good job talking about God. We talk about the Father's love. We talk about what Jesus came and did at the cross, the death, burial, and the resurrection. And we've done a very good job in teaching all those kind of things. But we've not done a very good job of really teaching on the Holy Spirit. And people begin to think, well, is he a force? Is he a cloud? Is he a, a mystical thing? No, the Bible says that he's a person. He's a person of the Trinity, or God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so therefore, if you recognize him as a person, that gives you the opportunity of knowing him personally, right? And then we also said this, that concerning just the Holy Spirit, there's been a lot of misconception, misunderstanding, and people have thought, oh, weirdos, you talk about the Holy Spirit. And again, I've said to you multiple times that, you know, you don't need the Holy Spirit to be weird. If you're going to be weird with the Holy Spirit, you'll be weird without the Holy Spirit, all right? So again, the Holy Spirit's not weird. He is a kind, loving, and the best friend that you could ever know. And so, again, it's just purposing to be acquainted with him. And then last week, if you recall, we asked this question. We said, you know, you're trying to get me to know this person of the Holy Spirit, and you're introducing me to him and saying, hey, he wants to know us a little bit more. And then uh, the question could be asked, is this Holy Spirit Pentecostal? Is he a Pentecostal guy? And uh, as we began to look at that last week, we, we began to realize that there's a historical 
definition of the word Pentecost. There is just a factual statement or definition of the word Pentecost. And then there is a scriptural statement or, or definition, if you will. And if you recall last week, and you can listen to this online if you want to get caught up to speed, but the, the word Pentecost simply means 50th. And so again, when you think of the word 50th, there's nothing to be weirded out about that word or 50, right? And so we've allowed that to really mess with us just because probably of weird people or things that we've heard incorrectly or maybe some uh, really wrong teaching that we've had in our church experiences. And so we're going to go a little bit further this morning talking about this Holy Spirit. And as we talk about it or recognize that we're going to look at really the power of the Holy Spirit, and there is a power transfer. There is a power that Jesus said is available to us as believers that has the opportunity to totally, radically change your life. First and foremost, how many of you know that the Word of God will change your life? And so this morning as we're teaching, I'm going to share a lot of Scripture with you. And in fact, for that matter, it's going to be kind of like a Bible study. And this topic that we're sharing with you this morning on a Sunday morning is probably not necessarily the best scenario to have this kind of a conversation. It's, it's easier to kind of have it more in a smaller, intimate Bible study kind of thing. But nevertheless, you're ready for it, right? You're ready to grow. You're ready to go further with God. And so we're going to just dive into this because, again, there is a power transfer that God wants you to experience so that you can live a victorious life of understanding and having a relationship <clears throat> excuse me with the holy spirit now just as we go on here as we begin i want to ask you the question has anybody ever heard the term baptism of the holy spirit anybody heard that term wave at me if you have ever had all right several of you have some of you haven't but again in regards to this term or this terminology called baptism of the holy spirit we're going to look at what that means this morning and define it. And again, with that being said, uh, eliminating any kind of weirdness that you might have experienced or that you might have known or that you have associated with it. But I want to draw your attention to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, starting in verse 1. And again, as we begin and as we conclude this service today or this series, if you will... I want you to know that there is such a life of victory for you to experience. God does not expect nor does he want you to just live life through the speed bumps, right? He wants you to experience, experience the victories in life. Now, how many of you know that we don't just go from mountaintop to mountaintop? There's always valleys in between there, right? If you only went from mountaintop to mountaintop, you would never learn to trust God through the valley or learn how to grow in faith. So I'm not saying that God expects us or God is, a, is providing a life that doesn't have any hiccups in it. I'm just simply saying that through the hiccups, through the valleys, through the challenges of life, we can maintain a life of victory because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right, so we see here in Hebrews chapter 6, starting in verse 1, it says... Therefore, leaving the discussion of elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. That word perfection simply means maturity. It says, not laying again the foundation. Everybody say foundation. Laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms. Notice it said baptisms, plural. 
of the laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. So there is a lot packaged in those couple verses that we just read there. But if you'll notice to begin with, he says, there is some elementary principles or doctrines of belief here. In fact, as we look there, there's actually six elementary principles or doctrines that help us grow into a position or place of maturity. Amen? And he says, and this we will do, and then we'll go on. So in other words, God desires for us to grow and to mature and move on to new things. Now, if you will, we said this last week in regards to referring to this. Many times it says going on to perfection or leaving the elementary things. We think as though it's saying it's been done away with. And that's just not true. I used the example last week. I said concerning your elementary experience of school. I said in elementary, that's where you learned all the foundational things, right? 2 plus 2 equals 4, A, B, C. All those foundational things. Well, when you moved on... And you left behind elementary school. Did you leave behind the elementary principles? And when you got into middle school saying, you know what, I don't need 2 plus 2 anymore. Did you leave behind ABC 1, 2, 3? No, you didn't. You took the elementary principles with you and you built upon them. And you grew in wisdom and stature and knowledge as a result of what you built the foundation on. Right? Does that make sense? All right, so he's saying we don't leave those behind or do away with them. We just have to build the foundation in order to move forward. Let me give you another example. It says laying the foundation. And it says here, well, before I get there, hold that thought. Let me just uh, expound on this for just a minute. It says there's the elementary principles, and it speaks of baptisms, right? I made reference to this last week. But baptisms means plural. Now, much of the body of Christ or people that have been in church for a length of time don't realize that. You think, oh, I thought there was just one baptism. I got baptized when I got born again. I asked Jesus into my heart. I got dunked in the water. I thought I was baptized. Well, no, the Bible says that there's baptisms. And so we're going to look at that in just a little bit. But it says that these baptisms are elementary principles. Or they're foundational. All right, so in regards to what I was starting to say concerning the foundation, there's something that we have to pay attention to is that it says here that this we will do or we'll move on to if God permits. Now, that's an interesting conclusion to that verse. If God permits. And so then it begs the question, does that mean that God doesn't permit some to move on? But isn't that what it just said? If God permits. He says there's the elementary principles that builds the foundation and then we move on to more mature things if God permits. Well, why is it that God would not permit some and he would permit others? So let me give you an example. Concerning the foundation, if you've ever built a house... You have to build a house on a foundation, right? And so you lay the foundation or you pour the foundation, regardless if it's a poured wall or block wall, how you lay the foundation. And then before you move on to developing or building the house, you have to call the inspector out. And the inspector inspects the foundation and upon 
inspecting it, if the foundation has been established, he gives you a green tag and say, okay, it's okay to go forward. But if he examines the foundation and he realizes that the foundation isn't solid, then he's going to red tag you simply because if you try to go further, it's going to be detrimental to you because you can't handle building on that foundation. Right? So the same thing is applicable where when God says, listen, you've got to know that there are elementary principles. And if you're expecting to go on and go further with God, you've got to get the elementary principles. And he said there are baptisms that are elementary principles that he wants us to establish. Amen? All right, so let's look at that. Let's look at those baptisms. I asked you the question, have you ever heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Well, let's look at different baptisms that are listed in the scriptures or that they're referring to. Number one, there is the baptism into the body of Christ. Or there's the baptism into Jesus Christ. So we look at the scripture and it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13... It says, for by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and have all been made to drink into the spirit. Notice again it says, for one spirit we are baptized into one body. So that means that just because you go to a different denomination that, you, that, that is listed on the marquee, it doesn't change what body of Christ you've been baptized into. If you believe Jesus Christ went to the cross, died for our sins, raised from the third day, then you are baptized into the same body of Christ. Does that make sense? So it doesn't matter whether you're Baptist, whether you're Methodist, Pentecostal, whatever you might put on there. If you believe in the death, burial, and the resurrection, you have been baptized into the body or the same body. Number two, there is the baptism in water. In Matthew's gospel, in chapter 28, verse 19, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So what's he talking about? He's talking about water baptism. Anytime that we've ever baptized somebody before we put them under, we ask them the question, have you confessed Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And they'll say yes. And then therefore my declaration is, is now I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and in the Holy Spirit, and we dip them under the water, right? So he's speaking of water baptism. Now, what does water baptism recognize? Now, number one, when we received Christ, we were baptized or we were born again into the new birth, if you will, in Jesus. And the water baptism symbolizes the inward work, or it's an outward demonstration of the inward work that Jesus did in our life. So here's what it represents. There is the old man, and when it goes under the water, it is dead in Christ and comes out new. So in other words, you're saying, I'm purposing to say, my flesh, you no longer have control over my life, for I'm a new creation in him. Amen? And then also we see here in Ephesians chapter 4. Now, just to bring some clarification to this. Because we're talking about baptisms. And as we talk about water baptism. Now you could say well I know there's a particular scripture that says this. And so just in the, in the event that you're that analytical kind of person. And says hey I've got an answer for you pastor. Well let's address that answer. Because here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 4. It says there is one body. 
one spirit, just there, there is called one hope for your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So you might say, well, wait a minute now, Pastor. You said that there was baptisms, but right there in that scripture, it says there's one baptism. All right. Well, let's just use scripture to define scripture. It also said there that there is one Lord. But now, don't we all know that in the one Lord, there is the Godhead of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? So even though it's making reference to one God, we know that there's three personal identifications just like when it says there is one baptism the scripture defines okay the one baptism is lumped in one or in reference to but there's multiple baptisms are you tracking with me all right again just trying to bring clarification in the event that based on our upbringing or teaching or whatever it might be we say okay wait a minute now I've got something to question you here so we're answering questions along the way all right so again, there's baptism into the body of Christ, there's baptism of water, and then there is baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to take some more time or more time on this particular area just to bring clarification. Now, in the Gospels, every, every Gospel or all four Gospels make reference to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, in Matthew, let's begin in Matthew. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, it says this. It says, Indeed, or I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, who is he, who's speaking right here? In this scripture, it is John the Baptist, right? And he baptized with water. And therefore, again, because of that, we continue with that as a recognition of repentance to dead works. But now he says there is this water baptism, but there is one that's coming, which is Jesus. And he says, now, when he baptizes you, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Come on, you seeing it? All right, in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 1, verse 8. Once again, making reference to the same scripture, he says, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke's gospel, in Luke chapter 3, verse 16, John answered, saying to all, he says, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to loose. He says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, all make reference to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Bible tells us this. It says, let everything be established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. And right now, we've already got three witnesses that tell us that God or that Jesus desires to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. All right? Now, we said that it shows up in all four Gospels. Now, let's look at John. John chapter 1, verse 33. He says... I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descend and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. 
Now, who is that referencing? It's saying, when Jesus is baptized, you will see the Holy Spirit descend upon him and remain on him. Do you recall the story when the Bible says that when Jesus came of age of 30 years of old and he went to John the Baptist and was baptized? Do you remember that? And it was at that moment that the Bible says there was a, a voice that came from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended on the, in the form of a dead dove and sat upon him. Came upon him. And it says that this Holy Spirit would remain with him or would remain with Jesus. All right? So, if we see the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus, and Jesus is our example. How many of you realize that? Jesus is our example. His life is the life that we are to follow, right? So if Jesus was baptized or the Holy Spirit came upon him, then why don't you want to be like Jesus? Or wouldn't you want to be like Jesus? If it's good for Jesus, isn't it good for us? In fact, don't we see that it's only when Jesus or when the Holy Spirit descended or came upon him, that that's when he began to do his earthly ministry. Why? Because he received the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody says, well, but he was Jesus. He was God. Yeah, you're right. But he was also 100% man. And you don't see him doing any miracles until the Holy Spirit came upon him. And he said, well, I don't know that I agree with that. Well, then, do you ever see Jesus being a little boy, going and doing something and performing some kind of miracle? No. The Bible says that when he was a young boy, he was growing in wisdom and stature just like a normal boy. He was learning about his heavenly father. And then it wasn't until he was introduced or the Holy Spirit came upon him that there was a power transfer. Come on, I'm talking about us having the same kind of experience that Jesus did. Are you with me this morning? All right. So, in looking at Jesus being our example, for us to live this Christian life, how does that relate? All right, we have the baptism into Christ or the born-again experience, right? Does Jesus, did he need to be born again? No, he didn't because he was the perfect prototype and model of a sinless man, right? That's why he had to be born of a virgin. So he already was the model of what we are endeavoring to be through the new birth experience. But then secondly, we see Jesus was water baptized, right? So that's why we are water baptized, And then we see that he was baptized or the Holy Spirit came upon him and endued him with power. So once again, if Jesus received the power of the Holy Spirit, then what are we getting hung up with? What's hanging you up from receiving the promise of what Jesus talked about? Amen? In fact, I said to you that when it comes to The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came so that we could live this victorious life, right? When the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, that's when he began to fulfill his purpose. Not before then. 
So, if it was there to help him fulfill his purpose, then you'll find that you step over into a greater sense of purpose when you receive the power transfer. And he said, it's a promise. It belongs to you. And so once again, if Jesus needed the power transfer, how much more do you and I need it? Come on, how many of you know that you can't do anything by yourself? Amen? Uh, my wife made mention of this earlier. We've got several stories of people in our church that just over the last six months we've prayed for, and there's been tremendous miracles that have taken place. Is there anything that I'm doing? No, I don't have any, any stuff that helps them. All I know is that I, there is a power of the Holy Spirit that wants to minister to people, and that when we pray in faith, God shows up. Well, if you're not aware of any power that's accessible to us, you'll just sit back and say, well, God, I hope you do something. But when you know that I can tap into the power source, that gives you confidence. God, I don't care what the circumstances look like. I know that there is a power that is greater than this right now. Amen. It gives you confidence. You know, my wife, she just recently had a little physical thing that she was dealing with. And so we were at the house, and she said to me, she says, hey, she says, kids, come over here. She says, I want you to pray for me. She goes, Dad, come here. We're going to pray together. And there was just something that went off on the inside of me. And when she said that, and I said, okay, kids, let's pray, I knew right then the thing was done with. And it was just a couple days later. It changed. And she said, ever since you guys prayed, it's changed. And there was somebody within the church that was dealing with the same thing. And she says, hey, listen, my kids prayed. She says, I'm going to bring my kids over here for you. We're going to pray for you as well. Why? Because we're confident in the power transfer and the helper of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It makes a difference. Why? Because God has said, I have given you something to help you live victoriously. How many of you want to live the victorious life? Amen. If you don't, there's a church down the road. It's all right. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. We don't want you to go nowhere. All right. We love you. Amen. Sometimes you just got to hang around. If you hang around long enough, we just kind of rub off on you. So it's all right. All right. So let's continue. Let's continue to look at this. Again, we got to make up some time here because we're running out of time. And uh, we're going to get it all in. You all doing all right? Yeah. Okay, very good. So the Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended and remained upon Jesus. Let's look at Luke's gospel real quick. Concerning Luke's gospel, Luke's gospel in, in chapter 24 and Acts, chapter tw uh, verse, uh, Acts 1 are the final words of Jesus. These are the final words of Jesus before he ascended or went back to heaven. In Luke 24, it says, Behold, I send the promise. I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued, or that word endued means to be immersed, to be baptized, with power from on high. Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 4, it says, And, he, and, and being assembled together with him, he commanded that they not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he had said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Did you notice that the Bible says that this was a commandment from Jesus? He says, Now, go 
Get this thing. Get this promise that I've got for you. Your life's going to be changed. Amen? So again, we see from the scripture that there is a baptism of the Spirit. And the Bible says that it's the promise of God. Amen. These were the last words. If they were the last words, then his words still ring true today. What are you waiting for? What's holding you back? In 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, remember I said this is going to be kind of a Bible lesson, so I've got lots of verses for you today, just simply to help solidify and qualify what we're talking about. 1 John chapter 5, verse 7, it says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven. There is the Father, the Word, or the Word is speaking of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. We made reference of that earlier. But now I want you to know something. The Bible says that these bear witness of heaven. How many of you know what heaven looks like? There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no poverty. There's no lack. It's just the goodness or really the supernatural life that God desires for all of us to walk in. Amen? Remember Jesus said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it says they bear witness in heaven. and says, Now we're waiting to see that show up on earth. We're waiting for you to experience it. And then notice what verse 8 says. 1 John chapter 5, verse 8. And there are three that bear witness on earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. Now, once again, for the sake of time, we won't get into it. But these are the three baptisms that reference the very promise of what God says I want you to experience on earth. So in other words, when we purpose to say, God, I surrender myself and I yield myself and I want the power transfer in my life. And God, if it's my promise, then I want it. And God says, it'll bear witness. It'll show up. There's this victorious life. Amen? Amen. There's a power transfer. But there's three baptisms. There's the first baptism, which is the Baptism into Christ. What is that? That's merely salvation. Then there is the baptism of water, which is basically saying, I am renouncing this flesh, and flesh no longer has power over me. And then there is the third baptism, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which is his promise to transfer his power into your life. Amen? How many of you want to live victorious lives? How many of you are just sick and tired of being sick and tired? How many of you are... Thank you, sir. I'll get it sooner or later. Thank you. How many of you are ready from, ready uh, to stop going from paycheck to paycheck and just living from one experience to the next, but just saying, God, I'm, I'm looking to go to a new level in you? Amen. Amen. It's available. Let me conclude by this. In Acts chapter 8... Starting in verse 5. It says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitude who were on uh, one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. 
For unclean spirits cried with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Well, I don't know if God does miracles today. Well, listen, how many of you know that God wants people to experience joy? We've got people that experience miracles here just within the last six months. I can tell you their countenance when they went to the doctor was a whole lot different from when they came back from the doctor. They were going in saying, well, I, when they came back, their smile was like, wow, come on. God's good. Why? Because of the power. All right, verse 12. But when they believed, Philip, as he preached, the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized, speaking of water baptism. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, continued with Philip, and was amazed, seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Verse 14 says, Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for, they have not, for he had yet not fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So once again, if you were listening fast as I was reading, it says that they received salvation because they heard the word of the gospel. But then they said, now, there's more. There's the promise of the Holy Spirit. And now that you are a believer, you are qualified to receive the promise. And it says they prayed for them and they received the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I received the Holy Spirit when I received Christ. Yes, you did. He came in you. But we also see that there's a coming upon you. And this is what he did. Amen? And if you recall, last week I shared a verse with you. Where Peter asked the question. Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? The qualification of receiving the promise of the Holy Spirit is being a believer or being born again. And so if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know, I want to receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. The question is, is are you born again? Have you received Christ? And if you say, I don't think so. I don't know so. Or I hope so. then all you got to do is simply say, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I believe in you. I believe that you did exactly what was said. You went to the cross, died for me, rose from the grave. And I ask you right now to come into my heart. Upon praying that prayer, and it doesn't have to be eloquent. It is simply has to be a sincere prayer from you. Say, God, I want you. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will come and live on the inside of you. And now that you believe... The Bible says you're qualified for the promise of the power transfer. Amen. Will you stand with me? Now, as I said, this is a last Sunday of the month. We taught a little bit deeper. As I said already, these kind of teachings aren't necessarily the best kind to teach on a Sunday morning, but I trust that you're all well able to receive it but if you're here this morning and you say God 
I want to take that next step. I want to receive the promise. The Bible says that it's a gift. Well, if I had a gift in my hand and I was going to say, here, what would you do? You would simply extend your hands and say, thank you. And so, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you want the gift of the Holy Spirit, I want you to do something for me. Now, nobody's looking around. So there's no insecurity, there's no concern about who's looking because we're all bowed head and eyes closed. But if you're here this morning and you say, I want the promise, I want the gift, then why don't you just extend your hands out in front of you with palms upward as though you're receiving something from Him. Just do it by faith. Just as an extension of your heart towards God now I'm going to pray for you and as I pray the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and you will receive the gift dear Heavenly Father those that are here this morning that have a desire to receive more to receive the promise they're extending their hands they're saying God I want more I want the power transfer Father in the name of Jesus I pray right now that you would fall on them and come upon them now in Jesus name (laughs) oh and we thank you for it now in Jesus name and everyone said Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.